Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Today here on the show, we are talking with Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury, who recently had an interview with K-State AD Gene Taylor about the future of, of Bruce Weber at Kansas State. Um, you know, basically, if you didn't read the article, essentially Weber will be back next season, according to Taylor, unless something off the court happens that might jeopardize that. But as of now, it looks like Weber will be back. We've got Ryan Black uh, joining me here to talk about this situation. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. You can stay up to date with everything going on around the Big 12. But without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Ryan Black here. Ryan, how's it going today? Ryan, it's going uh, it's going great. Uh, been a pretty pretty hectic uh, 48 hours or so for me. And I mean, it's always nice to be on a podcast with someone who has such a wonderful first name. <laughs> uh, you got a great name as well, my guy. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Before we get into things here, I just want to know, how is it watching a basketball game actually like on the court? I want to know, because when I'm up in the Raptors, I can't even tell who's got the ball, man. Well, you know, I mean, I think you certainly, with any sport, but I think probably football, I would say, I'm sorry, basketball would be the number one for this, is you really get, a, you really get an appreciation for how fast these guys move and how incredibly, incredibly athletic they are. You know, that, that, that's what I think I've always enjoyed about the way K-State's done their media setup is is that they put you on the floor. Yeah, you know, yeah. when I covered basketball uh, at, at Auburn and at the University of Georgia, they have you up, you know, kind of in the crowd, like above like the tunnel where the players run in and out, which, I mean, it's fine, but I'm thinking it's just not the same as being right on the floor. So it's uh, – I'm very appreciative that K-State is like that. Uh, and, Ryan, I don't know if you've ever been to Oklahoma State, but they put all their reporters up in the rafters too. I mean, you're way mm – -hmm. you're a mile away – from the court there at Gallagher-Iva Arena. Yeah, for those who don't know, we got stuck. Uh, everyone besides Ryan and Kellis got stuck uh, up at the very top now with some new COVID restrictions, which doesn't make much sense since the vaccines are coming out. But whatever, that's another story. Um, let's set the stage here for those who don't know, who have been maybe living under a rock. Ryan, one day when you get Kellis as our, cl uh, our clout, you, you get to, yeah. <laughs> you'll get the courtside seat again. Are you that old man? <laughs> How, well, how old do you think I am, Ryan? Do you know um, I, I don't know. I'd have to guess 30. <laughs> Is that well, good? I, I'm just north of 30. I, I turned uh, I turned 31 back in October. So. Gotcha. I was pretty dang close, man. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, if I was clean-shaven, man, I could pass for 25 or so. I just, <laughs> you know, being under a mask almost every waking hour now, I, you know, obviously have not maybe yeah. cared as much about being clean-shaven. But I, I'm yeah. probably going to. Probably gonna do it tonight, and I'm gonna look like a like a brand new man tomorrow in uh, in Lawrence when I'm over there for the game. You got accepted to Lawrence, huh? Well, yes, no, I, you know, and yes, you can take one guess who the other K State beat writer who got accepted. For, <laughs> yep, set Jealous. me up perfectly so, yeah, for that they, one. Uh, yeah, 
Uh, I did get accepted for it, and but I mean, I do know that hey, you know, unlike you know, KU usually does give it to where there's a select number of people on the floor, but because of COVID stuff, they uh, you know, they have it in their media policy this year that all the riders are going to be up, you know, way away from the court. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if another brawl breaks out, there won't be any reporters who will be down there to be in the way. Like, <laughs> no more Riley Gates videos to to go viral, huh? <laughs> no, no, and hey, you know, Ryan, it's funny you bring that up. I don't know if Riley gets enough credit for being so incredibly poised oh, when yeah. that happened. Yeah. Like, I mean, because there's this photo that people give me such grief about where literally it's like taken right at the time uh, that Love and McCormick are going at it. And my, I've just like, I've got this O face because I just cannot believe what I'm watching. And Riley's sitting there just filming, you know, like he's in the middle of a tornado and doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. Just I mean, kind of the instant. All, he deserved all the, pe- all the views he got for that video, which I think right didn't end at like 20 million after ESPN picked it up. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so good for him. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, being a journalist, you know, just taking your phone out when when something transpires like that. Yeah. No, I like I said, I got it out finally, but, like, Riley got it from start to finish. So mm-hmm. good for him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're going to be previewing tomorrow's matchup too much here on the show. What we will be doing is talking about K-State head coach Bruce Weber, what's going on with him. Um, we'll start it off with this, Ryan, the interview that you had with K-State mm-hmm. AD Gene Taylor. Um, you know, obviously kind of the takeaway from that was that Bruce Weber will be back barring any, you know, off the court issues that may happen. Um, what else was that conversation like and what was the vibe with that? Um, Ryan, I would tell you that, um, Gene Taylor is the best AD who I've ever been able to work with in terms of, uh, he just, he speaks his mind. He, he speaks with candor and that's just something that in today's, college athletics with it being this, you know, hundred million dollar businesses and you're running this giant corporation. It's just so easy to be a businessman and to give these canned quotes and to give stuff like mm-hmm. that, that, like yeah. are these wishy-washy non-answers. Gene Taylor has never done that for anything, wh- whether it was this, whether it was asking about the end of the Bill Snyder era, whether it was asking him, you know, before Chris Kleiman's first game and I wrote a big column about him, like, you know, you know, Gene, how did you feel about the fact that when you hired Chris Kleiman, there were people who literally said you had preordained Kleiman as your guy the moment you got to K-State. And you didn't even – like the coaching search that you went through was a sham, that you literally were always going to hire Kleiman. Does that bother you that, like, you know, people are questioning your credibility? And he's like, yeah, Ryan. Like, I mean, yeah, I'd be lying. He and I'm, I'm almost quoting him more for – Ryan, you, I'd be lying if I told you – uh, that that kind of stuff doesn't get to you because you don't like people taking shots at, at, at your reputation. But he's like, you know, mm-hmm. after talking with my family and talking to my other friends, you know, they're like, you know, Gene, you, you did what you felt like was best for the, the athletics program and, and football program when you hired him. And I'm just saying, like, you can go down the line. Anytime I've ever talked to Gene Taylor, there has never been a time that he has ever avoided a question, ever, ever, which, I mean, man, talk about a breath of fresh air. I mean, because there's just so many people out there nowadays that they just they do not want to speak with any honesty, and they're going to hide behind these this, these these made up PR statements that everything is perfect and the sky isn't falling, you know, e- even when objects are falling on your head, everything's fine, nothing to see here, you know. Gene Taylor, like I said, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't maybe get. Him in hot water, not not necessarily like, again, actually losing his job, but just the fact that, you know, hey, I mean, I'm sure there are times that maybe people in the athletics department just wish that he's like, oh, Gene, you know, I know you said the truth, but sometimes the truth isn't what you need to say to the local mm-hmm. media members. And so, uh, like I said, it was a great vibe. You know, he's not, 
he's not the type that's going to shy away from a question. He's not going to say, Ryan, uh, you know, you shouldn't have asked that or Ryan, I'm not going to answer that. He just is going to, he's going to give you a straightforward answer. And yeah. that's what he did with all my questions. So Kellis Robinette, speak of the devil here, um, came out with a story pretty shortly after yours. And, you know, the content was a little bit different. Gene Taylor was kind of talking about, hey, after this season, we'll just see what happens. So the answer was a little different. Do you think that maybe Gene was trying to um, get a feel of the public's reaction to, to, you know, saying that Bruce Weber would be back next year or maybe even just to, you know, get his phone lines uh, a little bit, a little less busy and his emails a little less, you know, crowded as well? Why do you think that he kind of changed his answer a little bit with Kellis? Uh, Ryan, I, I, um, mm, mm, that, mm, <laughs> there's something I would like to say, but it's something that, that, you know, I, I feel like would, you know, come across the wrong way. Uh, so I won't, I mean, I'm going to answer it, but I, I, there, there's just something I have to kind of hold back that I just don't feel I can, I can answer completely truthfully just for the sake of, of being, um, diplomatic about, okay. about, uh, then this has nothing to do because I mean, Kellis and I are friends. He's a, a phenomenal reporter. So this has nothing to do with Kellis. This is something a little bit different, uh, completely, but yeah. I would just say that I do think to your point, Ryan, that part of why Gene said what he said in, in Kellis's article later, uh, that, that posted after mine was that, yes, I do think it got to him, whether he was checking Twitter or other people were telling him about, uh, hey, Gene, have you seen the reaction to that article that Ryan wrote where he quoted you? I think that when Kellis reached out to him, he certainly did want to try to calm the waters, you know, to, to borrow a Bill Snyder phrase from the, mm-hmm. his return, uh, a little more. Um, and so he kind of somewhat, somewhat walked back what he said to me. But you know what? You know, I mean, I've seen people, Ryan, I'm not going to name names because, I mean, they're always, I mean, they're just people on Twitter who are fans or whoever else they may be, uh, who've said, well, no, he walked it back completely. No, he didn't. He didn't at all walk it back completely because you know mm-hmm. what he did? I mean, people want to point to, he said, oh, well, I'm going to evaluate it at the end of the season. He said that in my article. He said that in my article. Go back and look at his quotes. So he didn't at all walk it back or say something completely different. Yeah. He just didn't go as far as saying he's going to be back. But the fact that, that Ryan, some people I've seen have said, well, him saying that he's going to evaluate it at the end of the season now is different than what he told Ryan. No, that is what he told me. He just told me more. So, no, I, I don't at all agree with the, the this this segment of people who've read both articles and said, oh, well, he just walked it back. No, he just didn't go quite as far, but he didn't completely change like his his real, you know thoughts on the situation in my opinion like so i guess gotcha. we we you know we can look at the same thing ryan and get two completely different you know uh, opinions on it but like i don't at all feel like he walked it back you were pretty straight like, i'm just saying he just only did a slight bit not that like gotcha. he completely rebuked what i said yeah he didn't say tell us what i told another member of the k-state beat earlier is completely wrong mm-hmm. he didn't say that at all yeah i gotcha that makes sense so, um yeah, you had talked about how you know straightforward Gene Taylor is, and I'm not trying to. I I agree with you. He is pretty upfront with most things. Do you think that there's any skepticism at this point that that Weber doesn't return? Do uh in like in his mind, like who who am I kind of answering for, Ryan? Like skepticism from who? Yeah, good question. Fans, yeah, I guess like, fans and Gene Taylor. Vague, I guess let me rephrase that a little bit here. Just you know, do you think he was really being truthful with you? Because we've seen that you know, like at Texas with 
um, Tom Herman, they said, oh, he, you know, things are fine with him. He'll be back next year. We saw what happened with that. So do you think that 100% it is going to be Bruce oh, okay. Weber next season? I understand your question. You're, you're saying, do I really believe him when he said yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the intent is for Bruce Weber to be the head coach next yeah, season? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I definitely think that he, when he told me that at the time, Saturday night, when we were on the phone, I 100% believe that he believed that because mm-hmm. he, here's, I mean, and Ryan, I mean, Ryan, we're really getting down into like the brass tacks of this, but I guess the people who listen to this, they want to know, I guess, every single uh, utterance that, 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 Gene Taylor said in this interview, he here's the thing. When I asked him that, point blank is Gene, and, and I, I even put it on on Twitter. You know my exact uh, the way I phrased that question, and I and I'll read it here for just the sake of of um, for people who maybe haven't seen my 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 tweet. Is I asked him this is my la- my last question of the interview. What is your confidence level of Bruce Weber being the head coach next season? That's when he replied, "That's our intention." And here's the thing about it, that Ryan. You know, I, I think if he was at all trying to, you know, push me the wrong way or something like that, like he didn't really believe what he was saying, he would have taken a little bit of time. Like there would have been a, you know, a pause, right? Because like you, yeah. Because you know, you're trying to formulate what you want to say, right? Because you want to make sure you say the right thing, right? Because you don't want to say something that's going to potentially cause an uproar uh, either way with the fan base. There was he didn't miss a beat answering. He said that's our intention. So like Ryan, it's like you asking me right now, like Ryan, what's your name? My name's Ryan. Like I didn't have to think about it. He didn't have to. There were there was no pause. There was no at all lingering kind of wait for him to answer that question. So that's why I think you know Ryan, if you were trying to lie to me or any reporter, right? Like it would maybe take you a little longer to answer because you're going to be extra careful about. Hey, I don't. I, I know I'm lying here, so I, I want to make sure I I answer it as, uh, you know. You know, at, you know at, that basically I don't sound like I'm lying. You know, so you're lying without trying to sound like it. I don't at all believe that. I definitely feel like he, when he when he said what he said, I think, yeah, he, he's like Bruce is going to be back next year. I, I don't think there was any hint of doubt at all about it. So, I mean, that's what I would tell you about that. That Ryan. How long is the lease? Do you think that it's until Nigel Pack and Davion Bradford leave? I mean, is that how, you know, invested Bruce Weber or pardon me, Gene Taylor is in Bruce Weber? You know, the the leash I mean again, you know, I'm I'm under the impression, again, that I'm working under this impression as we talk, that there's nothing that could happen on the court that yeah that you know, that will get Bruce Weber fired. Um, now again, that being said, Ryan, I mean, I guess the one situation I could see is if they lose out and every game they get beat by 30 points, because then you're like, well, man, has the team just quit? But I think Ryan, that, uh, I, I just, I, I I just think that, um, the leash is pretty long. I really do. I mean, mm-hmm. and I know that's not well. Okay, I, I, let me let me let me backtrack on that a little bit. I mean, it's obviously not as long as it was in the moments after they won the 2019, you know, shared a piece of the 2019 Big 12 regular season championship with Texas Tech. But I, I would just tell you, Ryan, that I think people, and I know it maybe for some people it sounds like you're being overly defensive of Weber, but it's like okay, last season was terrible for sure. They mm-hmm. set a single season record for losses. They finished last in the Big 12. This year is going very badly. But you know what, Ryan? Can you name me um, 
like the last coach who won two 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 conference championships with K State before Weber? Nope. Well, I mean, there you go. It's been a long time, and my point yeah. is, yeah. Uh, so it's not. I mean, and I'm not trying to Ryan tell the K State fan base anything about like don't have high expectations for your program because you should, you should have high expectations because this program has a lot, a lot, a lot of history, four Final Fours. Like, and I, I wrote in my article. I mean, only, you know, there are only you know 21 schools nationally that have more than that, and only three of them are in the Big 12. I mean, four Final Fours is a lot, and I know the last one was a very long time ago. But K-State has had some great players and great coaches over the years. That being said, it's not like before Bruce Weber got here, conference championships were just growing on trees. And so I think because of that, because of the Elite Eight run, and because of how many newcomers they've got, I I just think that, you know, again, outside of just something really bizarre happening, I really – uh, if you ask me, Ryan, to put down money on it, I think Bruce Weber will be back next season. That's just the way I feel about it right now. But, hey, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to admit it. If if he gets let go after the Big 12 tournament, I'll be the first one to say, well, I was wrong. But I, I just I feel I just feel very certain that, again, the other thing is, Ryan, with the coronavirus pandemic stuff, and you maybe heard the quote from from Bruce last week that Jermaine Henderson, his assistant, brought up. You know, since they started practicing for this season, there's only been seven days they've had their whole team together. Yeah, yeah. between either injuries or you know, qu- you know, quarantining stuff. And, and, and you know, Ryan, no team, n- very few teams in the country, if if any, needed this practice time more than K State. You had one senior coming back. You have eight players on this roster who didn't play a game for K State last year. Mm-hmm. I was like, like I mean, they need time to gel, don't they? And so my opinion is, Ryan, I don't think there's any coach in the country who would have this team, you know, 500 in Big 12 right now. And you know, I'm you're free to disagree with that, but I just think you put another coach in the same circumstances as what K State's dealing with right now. I don't think that they're going to be appreciably better. One can argue that it's it's Weber's fault for you know being in that situation where you are Correct. so young and you're right you Correct. know that's his, that's Correct. on him but I agree with you you bring up some you know some really good points Bruce Weber is the only coach you know since he came to Manhattan to win multiple Big Twelve titles who's not named Bill Self so my two cents I mean if there was a time to fire Bruce it would have been last year right you got Nigel Pack and yeah. Davion Bradford your best ever recruiting class according to twenty four seven Sports at Kansas State so this I mean Gene Taylor's all in in my mind you know this was. The plan, you know, you knew it was going to be bad. Obviously, the pandemic isn't an excuse, but at the same time, you look at the young teams around the country, Kentucky struggling, you know, Duke, Kansas. I mean, all these teams, it's affecting everyone, and Kansas yeah. State's definitely, um, you know, well, suffering from and, that. And, Ryan, think about it like this. Like, some people say, well, you know, it hasn't affected the coronavirus stuff, hasn't affected Gonzaga, hasn't affected Baylor. Well, hey, let's think about this, Ryan. Look at how upperclassmen-laden those teams are. Yeah. He stayed at one senior. One senior. Like, I mean, come on. The I mean, average. it's just like, I just, Ryan, you know, I, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, believe me, I, I, okay, let me, I do understand the frustration because, I mean, no one wants to see, if you're a K-State fan, wants to see your team struggle like they did last year. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to see the team struggling again this year. And you certainly don't want to see a performance like last week against Baylor where you set a record that, you know, had stood since 1934. But, gosh, you know, I, I just feel like, again, this is just a crazy, crazy, crazy year. And, and hey, 
Ryan, I would be the first, well, I mean, the first one, maybe your boss Fitz, or someone else would be the first one, but I would be right there with them. I would be second or third in line, I guess. Like if this team was senior laden and like this team had Barry Brown and Cam Stokes and Dean Wade, and they were struggling like this. Yeah. You can, I mean, you have to fire him because like, there's no way you can defend a senior laden team with that kind of talent playing at this manner. But when you've got eight newcomers, so many true freshmen, one senior, I mean, guys, and here's the other thing. K-State was expected to be really bad this year. There's a reason they were picked so low yeah. in the preseason yeah. Big 12 poll. I mean, like, oh, my gosh, we're shocked they're doing exactly what they were predicted to do. Knock me over with a feather. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, you look at Baylor, their average, the average age of their starting lineup is older than the Chicago Bulls and NBA team. So that yeah. tells you right there that experience, I mean, Baylor's a good team no matter what. Don't get me wrong on that, but... That tells you how much the experience matters yeah. in a season like this. So I, I totally and, and get that, it. Yeah. It's on and Bruce. Ryan, so there, there's an example. So like if Scott Drew was struggling with that roster, like, you know, I would say, well, then maybe he should be fired because there's something wrong there. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying, I just don't think anybody with a similar roster uh, of what K-State's dealing with right now would be doing that much better. That's all. Right on, man. We'll take a quick break here on the 10 of 12 podcast. Be right back for the second half as Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury talks about Bruce Weber at Kansas State. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Ryan Black from the Manhattan Mercury is joining us as we continue to talk about K-State head coach Bruce Weber. Uh, Let's pick up here and talk about the moolah, the money, the donors here. Um, what is the vibe here? Do, do the donors kind of support Bruce? Do they not like Bruce? How much does you know does that impact this? For, pardon me, the decision. Um, you know, for Gene Taylor, obviously you've got your ices, your veneers, those people. But uh, overall, does this have much of you know a, a, an influence on Gene Taylor's decision? Yeah, you, you know, Ryan, I thought honestly, uh, and I've I've told people this who've asked me. You know, obviously the thing's going to gather the headlines from the story I wrote is that Taylor saying that he backs Bruce and that he expects to bring – I mean, that, that he expects Weber to be the head coach come you know next year. But I really thought the most interesting and insightful things that, that, that Taylor was willing to tell me was about the donors, you know, the people who really, you know, hold a lot of sway on these things. You know, if you kind of tell a athletics department, if you're, you know, if you're a big enough donor, they're like, hey, I'm not going to support certain things anymore if things don't change, you know that you get the ear of people like Gene Taylor and other people in his department who, mm-hmm. hey, they need that money to keep flowing in to keep you know working on these facility projects and things like that. And so I just thought it was really uh, 
insightful. And again, not surprising though, Ryan, going back to the fact that Gene is so candid, he was straight up saying, yeah, yeah, there, there, there are some boosters who straight up said, yeah, we don't support Bruce. <laughs> Just straight up. <laughs> D- didn't say, mm-hmm. like, you know, to me, Ryan, you expect, you expect the AD to say, oh, we, you know, I mean, there's certainly people who have different opinions, but, you know, we have we have a really we have really good donors, really good boosters, people who really love the program. You don't expect them to say straight up. Yeah, there are some donors who just said they don't they're not fans of Bruce. It's like, man, like, geez, Gene, you know, it's like <laughs> I, I was like, wow. Yeah. And I think, you know, though, from there, Ryan, the other interesting thing, and this was something that Gene also told me in the, uh, you know, the weeks after bill snyder's retirement and they were looking for his snyder's replacement he told me at that time you know ryan we have great donors and these people also are not people who are are these people who try to be the the wizard of oz man behind the curtain you know the people who say hey you know you better hire this guy or you know i'm not going to give you any more money Mm -hmm. He, he just basically says that you know the boosters will give their say but what they'll do is they'll continue giving the athletics department money and trusting that Gene Taylor and University President Richard Myers will make the right decision for for the for the athletics department. And uh, you know how 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 important is that, Ryan? You talk about the the donors and the boosters for this. The only way Bruce Weber is going to be gone, you know, without being fired for cause for some reason, be it NCAA violations or some other crazy character, you know, clause of some sort, is if these boosters, these donors, pony up the money to, to get them out of here. That's that's the only way it's going to happen because, again, Ron, this athletics department has lost millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars like every other school around the country because of the fact they couldn't fill up the stadium, you know, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. They couldn't. They can't fill up Bramlage. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see what, how many baseball uh, seats are available when they when when baseball season gets here. So, I mean, they're just not they're not flush with cash compared to what they usually would be. Let me and ask so, you. Hey, go ahead. So, so, go so ahead. Ryan, put it this way: the people who are the big enough boosters who want Bruce gone, they got to put their money where their mouth is. Pony up. That's that. That'll. That's what will get Bruce out of here. If you want it bad enough, you got to pay to do it. Let me ask you a, so to speak, a million dollar question here. <laughs> yeah. uh, do Do you think that if it wasn't, you know, going down a million dollars, would that really have much of, you know, kind of an impact on Gene Taylor's decision for the buyout? So you're asking me, do I think like if the buyout stayed at two million, would that be what keeps them versus it dropping to one million? Let's just say that this was Weber's last year, and, and money wasn't really an issue at all. I guess. Um. Well, Ryan, I would say in a normal in normal times, two million, one million. I mean, that's that's chump change. That that's mm-hmm. that's not that much money. Yeah. Right now, with again <laughs> the money being so tight everywhere and. You always hear that phrase about tightening belts around the country with these these budgets. That I mean, yeah, a million extra dollars. Yeah, that's that's something that might that might potentially make a difference. Now, Ryan, the other thing about this is you talk about when this buyout drops. Well, it drops, you know, May first. That that's uh, you know, that's that's kind of late to be firing a coach when you really think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, it does happen for sure, but that's usually because the coach, you know, has been fired because of some NCAA violation, not because. They literally waited a month after the national title game uh, to to say, "Oh, you know what? I think we've decided this is now not the right person for the program." But it'll be interesting. I mean, I'll put this way. Uh, I'll put this way, Ryan. That 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 April thirtieth meeting 
between yeah, uh, Bruce yeah. Weber and Gene Taylor now will be circled on a lot of people's calendars. <laughs> I think that K-State ought to live stream it and sell, sell it as a pay-per-view. <laughs> they won't yeah. do it, but they, they, they can give me a cut of the profits, I guess, because I'm the one who came up with the idea. Exactly there. It's a win-win, right? Ryan, how many people would watch that? Yeah, I mean, I, it would be riveting television. <laughs> I prefer that over uh, the boxing or the MMA, whatever the hell that is. So, well, especially, Ryan, it. if you could get someone, you know, just like, because like I've already seen you're good with impressions. Are you good with a Bruce impression? Can you do his voice? Oh well, I yo Ryan, you don't want to hear me. I I tell you all the time. I mean, you know, Pearson McAtee, a great off the court player, Ryan. I good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I just thought I just oh. thought I'd throw it out there. Oh, you got to switch conversation, you know, topics. You got to switch from here to there and make it hard to oh transcribing, you know. So, might get harder to reporters, right? That's that's what I'm telling you, man. So I just that's what I'm telling you that when they when they meet, and hey, Ron, I guess there's some people are going to tell you, hey, there's not even going to be an April 30th meeting because you know what, they're going to give Bruce the boot before April 30th. But I, you know, Mm-mm. like I said, Ron, I just feel like everything, everything right now has to be viewed through the prism of the coronavirus and, yeah, and what yeah, it's done yeah. to to athletics departments and their budgets across the country. If this was any other year in a pre-pandemic time. I would say, heck, yeah, I guess we'll wonder if, if Bruce is even going to make it to the end of the season because it's two years in a row they're flirting with last place in the Big 12. And I guess, you know, Bruce Weber and, and K-State's thanking God for Iowa State this year. But <laughs> yeah. just the fact that I, I just don't think I, – I think too many people, Ryan, are viewing this through the prism of normal times and that in normal times it would not be a question about whether Weber would be back. I think you have to view it through the fact of, hey, this pandemic has changed things for a lot of schools, a lot of schools. And, and hey, look at what look at what Taylor said in the article to me about like he was shocked that that Texas and Auburn did what they did. Yeah. But again, Ryan, talk about two schools with boosters who want to have their say and stuff. Oh, yeah. You're not going to get many too too many <laughs> schools that have more hands in the pot especially Texas. Good Lord. I mean, they have, I mean, they, they've got all of these guys trying to elbow their way in to be the, you know, the, the top dog in, 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 in the yard when it comes to being the most influential booster. And there's a reason people would tell you that, that Mac Brown was the last great coach that Texas had is because he knew, he knew how to smooth and, 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 and just coddle all those egos that are, you know, that are you know bigger than a Texas fried steak, you know, chicken fried steak, <laughs> it, it, because, and then you know at, at Auburn, you know they they also have a reputation for boosters who who really wanna who really 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 want to have a hand in everything that goes on with their program, and so I'm saying if there are two programs that are gonna that are going to fire coaches in a pandemic, you would put Auburn and Texas in the top five, and that's what happened. But you know what, Ryan. K-State's not either of those schools. And I know some people are going to listen to this and say, well, that's the problem. K-State's not willing to pull the trigger and be a real Power 5 school. Well, you know what? Like, it's just they're, diff- they're different. You know, they are different. Auburn's in the SEC with all that SEC network money that dwarfs almost every other, you know, conference deal other than the Big Ten. And then Texas is Texas, which literally has its own network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it literally its own TV network. <laughs> so – Yes, I mean they are all they are all three Power Five schools, but K State's in a different position than than Auburn or or uh, Texas for for just obvious reasons. But I'm not saying that to have K State fans say, "Ryan, you're trying to belittle us," because that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying let's. I'm just being honest. 
that the financial situations at SEC schools, just because of the strength of that conference and their TV deals, is different, as well as Texas kind of being its own entity, almost separate from the Big 12, but the fact it's got its own network. It's just a different, completely different situations. Let's talk about this morning. Uh, Bruce Weber had yes. a, a press conference with, with the media here, and, and my own boss, Tim Fitzgerald, asked Coach Weber something along the lines of, of your interview with, with Coach, uh, with pardon me, with AD Gene Taylor, and just kind of what his thoughts and reaction was, and, and Bruce dodged the question and said, "Oh, I, you know, I haven't even heard uh, there was that." Article, I, I don't so. know. If, I don't know if they talked. I don't know if he talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, I mean, what I do, I don't even know where to go with this. What do you think of his answer? I mean, he just—that's kind of unacceptable in my mind. Do you agree, Ryan? 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 Um, when I was on that call this morning, and I heard Bruce Weber say that, I said, "That is." The only thing he could have said that would have been worse is if he had said, you know what, Fitz? I don't even know why Gene would be asked that because the program's never been stronger. We're in a great place right now. That's the only thing he could have said that would have been worse Mm -hmm. because, you know, and, and, you know, Ryan, I I do hope some of the things I'm saying on this podcast do not put me in difficult positions with people going forward, but I'm just trying to be honest answering questions is I just would have, if I was, you know, someone very close to Bruce and like, you know, and I know all of the stuff that was out there yesterday and you're about to meet the media the next day. And it's going to be asked at some point. What I would tell him is say, this is, this is my advice. You know, as your PR handler, Bruce say that, yes, I'm aware that Gene fielded questions about my job security. I understand why, you know, there's no, I mean, any, any person with two eyes can understand why I'm be, you know, why he would be asked about it. We finished last in the big 12 last year. We're, we're next to last in the big 12 this year. Uh, right now, second, you know, and on top of that, you know, we came, we just literally had the worst loss in the history of the program by margin of defeat. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things, I understand it because I'm the head coach at a power five university and that comes with the territory. Those kind of questions are going to be asked when, you, when you're in a high-profile position and you make the kind of money that I'm making. But so, so I, I, And then, then I would say, say to him also that he needs to then turn it in the direction of – and, uh, you know, the, the questions are fair. You know, the questions are fair because any time that you struggle to the extent that we've struggled as a program – and like this is me speaking in Bruce Weber voice without trying to pull off an accent uh, – <laughs> So, like I'm speaking as as Bruce here, it is that you know as a program, we're underachieving, and you know it's unacceptable, and it's happened on my watch. But what I would ask people, what I would ask the K State fan base, is is to stick with me, and stick with our players because hey, you know we're not purposely trying to lose. We're working hard mm-hmm. as every day at practice. You know we're going out there every day trying to win games, and and all I ask is that you guys. Give me patience until the end of the year, and, and you know we're going to give our best effort every single time on the floor, and that that's all we can ask for. And and you know if nothing else, you know we have had success here on, uh, in in my tenure. You know we've won Big Twelve championships. We've been to an Elite Eight. We've sent guys to the NBA with Dean Wade and Barry Brown. Just just you know it just if we just give this group time to mature, time to gel, I think that we have a very bright future here at K State. 
You bring and up that, a good point, man. Yeah. That's what I would say if I had been Bruce this morning. Along those lines, I mean, I'm not saying he would use a word, but paraphrasing. Like, it just, like I said, the main thing is saying, acknowledging that you understand why the questions were asked, why, why, why the questions were asked of, of, of Gene about his job. And then, you know, set, so it's like a three-step thing, a three-pronged answer, Ryan, is what he should have done. So, again, yeah. first off, acknowledging it because, duh, I mean, there's a reason you're being, your, your boss is being asked about it. Secondly, then say, I, you know, I understand why. Because, hey, you know, you're maybe going to be finishing in last place in the Big 12 in back-to-back years. And then thirdly, then turn it to a positive thing by saying, please stick with me. Please support these kids. Please support the program. We're going to do everything we can to turn it around and get back to competing for the Big 12 championship like we've done as recently as two years ago. That's what he should have done. <sighs> Doing what he did, Ryan – I mean, I just, I, I mean, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I yeah. couldn't believe it because yeah. it's just like, how, how, I mean, because it just look, it looks bad. The optics of it are terrible because it just, it, it you just have to acknowledge it because Ryan, there's no way, there, there's no way that he, he didn't hear either from Gene himself, one of his assistants, one of his friends. There's no way. There's no way he had no clue that Gene because like mm-hmm. Ryan, the other thing, he was there were two different articles from two different beat writers. Heck, Ryan, I would go as far to say it's more likely he saw Kellis's article because Kellis has a bigger following than I do. And he also works for the two biggest outlets on our beat, which is the combined KC Star and Wichita Eagle. You know, the Mercury is the little engine that could, and we punch above our weight and we get our licks in. We don't we're we are not the behemoth that is the KC star and the Wichita Eagle. So I'm saying it's probably more likely he saw what Kellis was told instead of me, which is fine. I don't begrudge him for that. But my thing is to say that you don't even know that there are articles out there. I mean, that's, it's just, it's, 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 it's mind boggling that, 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 that to me that he didn't come with a better prepared answer. Because right, I mean, Ryan, if I was if I was in his shoes, I just know when I when I started seeing probably all the text or even the calls I got yesterday about, hey, did you see what Gene said? Or even if Gene called him directly, why would you not be prepared for that question and come with a better answer than that? So it just, I mean, Ryan, I think Bruce Weber is a very good coach. I don't think that you luck into doing what he's done here at K State with the two championships and the Elite Eight run. And, and, and year after year, they usually had been one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. That's kind of fallen off the last two years a bit. But uh, I, I just think he's a very, very, very good coach. I just, you know, I think that um, after the guys who left in 2019, kind of the bottom fell out a bit with last year's team because of the fact that they didn't really have a go-to score. You know, Xavier Sneed was a, a very good player, very athletic player, very good defender. But he was very streaky as a scorer. Mm-hmm. You know, McCall yeah. McWean, you know, <laughs> couldn't hold on to the ball if you told him he had to save his life. <laughs> yeah. And then, Literally. you know, obviously we everyone knows all of the issues with Cardi Jada, who in the interest of full disclosure, I liked a lot in terms of he and I talked about anime. He's a big anime fan. And now he's at uh, Virginia Tech with former K State assistant Chester Frazier. But I, I just think you know, things started going downhill last year, obviously. And they did. And then, of course, you just had that absolute, like, Moses-like exodus of, of, of transfers at, after last season. 
Uh, probably the most surprising to me, honestly, was David Sloan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I just think that, again, that things just maybe, you know, they, they, they unraveled very quickly after that Big 12 cha- you know, championship. But, I mean, hey, I've seen really, really, really good things from the, the freshman class and from some of these newcomers. I mean, Nigel Pack is going to be phenomenal here. Stelton Miguel has an amazingly quick first step. He needs to work on his jump shot. But, I mean, to me, he should put the ball on the floor every time and go to the rim because there's very few defenders who can, who can stay in front of him. Davion Bradford's already the best big man since I've been here, best true big man mm-hmm. because, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Dean was more of your, you know, the, the stretch um, excuse me, the stretch four kind of things that you see teams liking to employ nowadays. Uh, and, but in terms of a true big man, Bradford's already the best since I've been here since uh, fall of 2017. Um, you know, Surrey Lewis, some of those guys, you know, that, that they need a little more seasoning. Carlton Lingard, he's done a couple of good things. He's a much better shooter than you probably would expect for his size. Yeah, um, yeah. Casey Iziegu, you know, he's very physical. He seems to be a good leader already on this team. So, I mean, I, I just think, just my opinion, Ryan, you know, gosh, what are you going to do if you do fire Bruce? And then so many of these guys who maybe are loyal to him, end up transferring because they're like, well, Hey, whoever they bring in next, I didn't want, you know, this guy didn't recruit me. And so, I mean, I guess Ryan, what people potentially need to look at potentially, I'm just throwing it out there. And some people will say, okay, because at the end of the day, they want Bruce gone no matter what. And they'll, they'll take whatever collateral damage goes along with it. But you have to ask yourself, is it worth getting rid of Bruce? If they then also lose Nigel pack, and maybe Davion Bradford, and maybe – like, is it worth it? I want to know what your answer is, Ryan, because, I mean, you're someone who's been around this program. What would you – like, if that was the if that was the answer is, okay, you get rid of Bruce, but then the most promising freshman also would go out the door. Is that worth it? No. I, I think that if Bruce does stay and it's guaranteed that Pack and, and Bradford stay till they're seniors, then definitely. But yeah. I, I do have my skepticisms there because I think Bruce's Achilles heel is kind of retaining and maintaining his locker room and his players to stay for four years at Kansas State. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, and, and like I said, the, the numbers back that up, like you said, about the being able to retain certain guys. Although I will say, uh, I mean, uh, you know, a few of the guys who transferred last year, I'm sorry, after the end of last season, I mean – uh, come on! I mean, they were they were they were Big Twelve basketball scholarship players in name only. I mean, Nigel mm-hmm. Shad can never say healthy. Yep. James Love, the most fight he ever showed in his life was that brawl last year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, good for them that they got scholarships elsewhere and they're playing. But come on, I mean, it's not like you know you chalk that up and say, oh my gosh, the the K State didn't keep Nigel Shad and James Love around. <laughs> I mean, the pro, I mean the the, the programs in shambles. I mean, come on. Maldo Salah. <laughs> there, now, there's a name I've not heard in a while. <laughs> yeah. Heck, even uh, the artist formerly known as Sean Neal Williams. Uh-huh. He dropped the Neal, and then it was just Sean Williams, and then he dropped out of school and left the program. He dropped everything, so, huh? So, uh, you know, it's just um, – and now I do think he's someone who could have had some 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 potential for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he showed some flashes as a freshman, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I do think part of his – Part of part of his problem specifically, uh, and again, I'm speculating here. I don't have like this on the record from some source or something. I, I think that he really wanted the ball in his hands a lot more than he got it. And I think that you know Cardi had was very ball dominant last year when he was on the floor, and and uh, so Williams kind of saw the writing on the wall. Eh, you know, and then obviously mm-hmm. it didn't help that he 
you know, maybe had some off court issues that, you know, <laughs> that Weber kind of alluded to. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I like you're right, though, uh, Ryan. I mean, certainly the numbers, whether it's like the guys we've already mentioned or even before I got here, the Marcus Foster stuff, mm-hmm. uh, that they've had problems keeping certain guys around for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy with Cartier Jada, man. When he came as a freshman, just seemed like such a great, you know, loving, laughing kid. And not to say he's a, a bad kid now, but, I mean, things just went south in a hurry. Yeah, I certainly did not see it coming uh, last year with him. I mean, I because I, I just don't ever, 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 in the two seasons before before that that I've been here and uncovered him, I don't ever remember him being viewed as any kind of malcontent. Mm-hmm. But then last year, you know, Ryan, and, and I think this is where we really – um, we really underestimate this a lot. It's that whole concept of, hey, it's easy to be the guy who, you know, you're maybe like, you know, in those those two previous years, Ryan, you know, the team looked to Barry Brown and to Dean Wade and to Cam Stokes. Yeah. Then maybe, okay, if all three of them are having an off night, okay, maybe Cardi needs to set up. Cardi needs to step up or Mike McGurl or someone else comes to the rescue or, or obviously Xavier. Uh, but it's a completely different animal last season when they're asking Cardi to go from being the maybe the fifth option on offense to being the number two guy or co one co number one with with Xavier, and I mean the facts bear it out that he did not respond well to being asked to take on a larger role in the offense and also a larger role as a team leader. And I I guess I'll be honest I did not see that coming because I think it's what you're alluding to here. He always answered questions very insightfully and never seemed to shy away from anything mm-hmm, he yeah. seemed like he was like energetic fun funny yeah. laughing genuine kind of just the kind of guy it seems like teammates would want to be around mm-hmm. but i just do think that he like i said he just he did not respond well to the to the the increased responsibilities expected of him and of course we remember the fran fraschilla thing where oh yeah, he oh, yeah. Made that big criticism about that hey i think this is a kid who's whose mind is focused on playing in the pros when really right now he'll be lucky to play in Europe and he's nowhere close to the NBA. <laughs> and, um, you know, whether you agreed with that assessment or not, uh, you know, it, it's just, it, um, it, it showed that people who don't cover the team every day had noticed certain bad habits mm-hmm. with, with, with Jada. So, yep. um, like I said, I missed talking to, with him about anime though. So <laughs> it's all about the anime, huh? Yeah, no, he's a big anime guy, big Naruto <laughs> fan. That was his. That was his go-to. I wish I could, you know, talk more about that, but I don't know what that is. So, well, I'm getting caught up on Attack on Titan. <laughs> I, I didn't know the fourth season to come out, and I watched the first two episodes this morning. And so, uh, you know, I'll uh, probably maybe watch the next two tonight after I get done with a couple more stories. Once we once we wrap up this pod. Last thing here uh, to yeah. segue, we were talking about pack. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, you're we're maybe reading between the lines a little bit yes. here, but uh, on that's on Twitter, what, hey, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Exactly. These, these kind of things. We're journalists, exactly. Uh, on Twitter, he liked your your tweet. Or I guess was it a retweet or tweet? He like he liked the original tweet, okay. like the actual first tweet that I sent out yesterday yeah. with the the Gene Taylor Bruce Weber story. Yeah. So, do you think that it's if you know Weber goes, they all go? Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if I'd say they all go for certain, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I just do think it's interesting, you know, and again, like, I mean, Ryan, like we literally are, literally are speculating here, mm-hmm. you know, because again, that's what I even put in my, because I, I just, I, I sent out a tweet where I took a screenshot of the fact that Pac liked my tweet, and I just said, 
Maybe he just wanted to read the story, you know, and save it for later. Maybe he liked that Gene Taylor was was showing a vote of confidence in, in Weber. Mm-hmm. He's like, at the end of the day, he did like he did like the tweet, and so from there, you know, it's open to interpretation why he did that. Is it because again his uh, he just wanted to read my article? Which hey, thank you, Nigel. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Uh, get get me a click. You know, clicks are always nice. But but hey, if it is the other thing, is it's possible that hey, he. He's invested in Bruce Weber because Bruce Weber is who is who got him here. And, and yeah, let's never yeah. hey, let's never discount this, Ryan. Um, and you probably know this because you're the recruiting guy. You mm-hmm. know, go Powercat, and you can probably speak on this some. Yep. Weber has talked frequently about like people have asked, man, how did you get Pack? He just seems like a guy that maybe, you know, when you've watched him play, you're like, well, man, how did he not end up at KU or Michigan State or Illinois or Indiana, you know, uh, I mean, programs that, you know, while K-State's a very, very good basketball program, you know, all of those programs you would say are, you know, maybe with the exception of Illinois, are are step above. And actually, I would say Illinois is a better job if for no other reason than, one, it doesn't share a state with KU, and two, (laughs) the recruiting hotbed that Chicago makes it easier to recruit to. Yeah, that's fair. But, But the reason I'm bringing that up, is that Weber repeatedly talked about, like I said, when people were like, how did you get this guy here to K-State? He said, well, it's because that he was, you know, he was small and we were first on him and he appreciated that we overlooked his lack of size at the beginning. So it strikes me, man, Ryan, I, say, I said, man, that kind of was a little too casual. Man. You know, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that uh, Pack, Nigel Pack, just in our already limited interviews with him and again we haven't got to meet him in person right we've done everything via zoom and mm-hmm. we've got to know this kid he seems like again an extremely thoughtful caring smart eloquent kid and he also strikes me as someone who's very loyal right he doesn't seem like and again like i, said, I know i'm literally speculating from getting to know this kid through zoom but i i, I get the sense that if 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 weber gets let go he'll 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 follow him because i think you can never ryan you can never downplay loyalty and i think Mm -hmm. he's like this is the staff who showed the faith in me before i was the four star before i was the four star kid and you know if k-state doesn't want to show the same loyalty to bruce there's no reason for me to stay here in manhattan you bring up a really good point man that's me but that is me completely completely speaking off the cuff that's me completely speculating Bruce might get fired, and then Nigel Pack's here playing for somebody else next season. But yeah. I don't know. I just get the sense that, you know, that he, uh, you know, that, that 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 he's a loyal kid, and I think that he would he would take it as a sign of of disrespect to the staff that recruited him here to Manhattan, yeah. out of Indianapolis. Yeah, that that they didn't stick with him, especially again given what all we've already talked about, Ryan, about the fact that, yeah, hey, this is not a normal season. This is a team working in so many newcomers. There were going to be growing pains. This is what was expected of this team. Again, again, maybe not quite to this extent, like especially the Baylor loss, or really both Baylor losses, if you want to make that argument. <laughs> but this team was not expected to be competing for an NCAA tournament. They were basically competing to not finish in last place with, with Iowa State and at least I thought at the beginning of the year, TCU, who's been better than I thought. But, you know, I, I just uh, – I, I don't know if I can speak as much on Bradford or Miguel or those guys, but I think Pac specifically seems to have a 
great debt of, of a, a a lot of of gratitude for this staff for being on him so early before he was a big name prospect. Yeah, and and to go off of that as well, CJ. Gunn. So Ron, yeah, I want you to speak on that because again, I you yeah. cover recruiting daily, yeah. and I kind of. I I I I fly in when they get a commitment. I, I don't follow it. <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, you led me right to my next point. Was C.J. Gunn, who's actually committing or not committing? He, he's committing on Sunday. I don't know where, um, but K State, Indiana are two finalists um, for C.J. And I've talked to his, you know, his family and him. And Nigel Pack has been a, a lifelong friend of theirs. They're both from Indiana, and you know, nothing but great things to say about Nigel. But also. They're family friends. They're a great family. They're great to talk to. I, I, it's it's pretty obvious that Nigel Pat comes, you know, from a great family as well. So mm-hmm. you, you're right on with that. And I think that, that Nigel is, you know, certainly uh, the kid that you want in your basketball program. Oh, I hope he doesn't sure. turn into, you know, a Cartier or something like that. Knock on wood. No, knock no, on whatever no this chance. is made of. <laughs> there's no chance Nigel Pack yeah. would ever turn out like what happened with Cardi or yeah. any of the other previous guys who transferred out of here for maybe behavioral or attitude mm-hmm. problems. It just it's not. There's, I mean, it would be, it would be the most shocking thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd have to I mean, agree. I, in terms of just a transfer, I mean, I the last time I was blindsided by a transfer was, you know, after playing being the backup, uh, you know, two days before John Holcomb the third enters the transfer portal, that was a shock to me. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, that's probably yeah. the last time I've been just completely, completely taken aback by a transfer. Because normally, again, you transfer when you literally have not been playing. But he literally had gotten backup quarterback snaps two days before he announced yeah. he was transferring. So that's a, uh, I just I just don't I don't see it. I don't see Pac. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't see I him agree. him him leaving because of a- attitude problems. That's for sure. I see him leaving because he's if he feels like the K State fan base doesn't doesn't um, respect Bruce in the manner that he believes they should. And, and you know, Ryan, that's what I've tried to do in this in this this podcast with you and. I mean, I'm going to be interested to see what feedback you know I get from 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 people about whether they they think I was too easy or too hard on Bruce or too hard on their program. But I, I think there is something to be said, like I said, Ryan, that as bad as this season and last season were, I mean, Bruce has still led them to two Big Twelve titles yep. and an Elite Eight. Yep. I mean, just like Ryan, here's here's a little stat for you, by the way. You know, and I'm I'm thinking about writing a column on this later this week. And you actually, I think, brought it up, but I'm going to reiterate it. Among the current Big 12 coaches is Bruce Weber and Bill Self are the only two coaches who have more than one Big 12 regular season title. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, heck. I mean, I know, hey, Ryan, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, K-State – would be KU. They would be this program that, hey, not only has Bruce won multiple championships, but now year in and year out, there's no fall off. And you lose more than three games in conference play, or four games, and it's like the sky is falling. But, you know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to do. what I mean, it's almost impossible to do what KU has done with the winning the 14 straight Big 12 titles. I mean, it's unprecedented to do that. And so... Especially in a Power Five league, you know. I mean, I know maybe Gonzaga is potentially going to break that record one day, but like it's completely different. I mean, when it's Gonzaga and St. Mary's and like basically the eight sisters of the poor, and I guess BYU. But like, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah. all due respect to Gonzaga and the program that Mark Few has built, and they're one of the top two teams in the country this year. But they do not face the daily gauntlet that you have to face in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. or the Big Ten. It's just a fact. It's a fact. That hey, 
if they were in a if they were in a power five league power I'm sorry power six you know because you include the Big East in basketball they would not have won as many consecutive titles as as because they you know the ACC they wouldn't have beat out Virginia one year Big Ten they wouldn't have beat out Michigan State well I mean like so I mean Gonzaga is unbelievable in terms of what they've done and what they built but I'm saying that you know to do what I mean to do what self has done at KU to me is far 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 more impressive mm-hmm. i mean it's unbelievable that you know you lose the guys that he, he lost year after year after year and was able to keep that streak going so you know the only thing in my lifetime and i can speak from it because i you know i i followed georgia sports as a kid i mean the atlanta braves won 14 straight nl east division titles not counting the 1994 strike year you know because that one has an asterisk with it but that's the only thing i've ever seen in sports that 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 rivals what KU did with that the Big Twelve regular season title uh, winning and hey you know that that's something else you, you know if, if 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 nothing else Ryan don't you think I mean maybe that that um that bill of uh, that that uh, what's the word to look for here basically you would think that Bruce being one of the people that helped in KU's streak would give him some leeway mm-hmm. but maybe people would say no after last year that's evaporated and certainly now it's gone I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you're not Kansas. You're not Duke. You're you're not going to be good every single year. You can't win a million straight Big 12 titles. I get it that that the lows are, are pretty low, and they're embarrassing, and they're frustrating. I totally get that. But at the same time, the Big 12 titles, and, and people try to write off the Elite Eight run. You still beat Kentucky, which was practically, you know, an all-NBA team that's, that's playing yes. in the league right now. And then, you know, people write off UMBC. They still beat the number one team in the, in America that season. So they're beat, not a terrible beat, team. Beat them like a drum. Exactly. Because I was there for that. They That was not like, again, they did not win on a fluky three-pointer. Yep. They destroyed that Start Virginia to finish, team. yeah. Destroyed them. And, oh, by the way, and I don't think it gets enough mention, Ryan, Remember that they went to that Elite Eight with Dean Wade playing seven total minutes. Yep, you're right Seven on. total minutes, an all-Big 12 first-team player. I don't know, Ryan. I, I, I don't think even if Dean had been healthy, if, if everything still goes the same and they still meet Loyola in the Elite Eight, I still don't know if they win that game because they just seem to be as cliche as – they had that team of destiny and Sister mm-hmm. Jean and all that. Mm-hmm. I still don't know if they would have won. <laughs> but the fact that they still made it to the Elite Eight – with the, their best player, or at least you know, one of their two best, depending on how you felt about Barry Brown, um, th- th- he played seven total minutes in four games. That's a pretty incredible thing. And you know what, Ryan? I'm also curious about this when I think about it. And I, I was talking about it with, with someone who, uh, who I respect a lot in our industry because he saw my article yesterday and called me up and wanted to talk my ear off about it, is that how different do you think maybe we'd be thinking of things had Dean not been hurt Dean Wade not been hurt for the the 2019 mm-hmm. one. They yeah. lost to UC Irvine. Yeah, I mean because on paper, on paper, Ryan, my opinion is that they make it to the Sweet 16 because they would have beaten, I think, either Wisconsin or Oregon in the other game. And then, do you know who was in that that the, the number one seed in that region? <sighs> who? UVA. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. you know, if K State played the game of their lives in that sweet 16 they maybe could have knocked off virginia but i get a sense ryan that that would have been the end of the line for that team because Mm -hmm. i just think that you recall as good as that team was they were certainly not an offensive powerhouse you know i I saw them Mm -hmm. struggle to put the ball in the hole against tulsa oh they lost texas a&m team that was a pathetic 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 squad they should not have lost that game in college station 
but you know, I just think that that uh, that going against that that Virginia defense, I think it would have maybe ended up like a fifty to forty one kind of final score in favor of UVA. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, but Ryan, then look at that. That's an elite eight and a sweet sixteen back to back years. Yeah. I mean, does yeah. that do you think that not maybe would give Bruce more leeway now? Because I mean, I'll be honest, Ryan. I mean, I don't hear a lot of people bring up that one and done in the tournament much because I do think so many people realize. I mean, Dean Wade was such a major, major part of that team that it was tough. Because, hey, and the other thing is, UC Irvine doesn't get enough credit for how good they were. That team was like 30-4, and I believe, heading into the tournament. That was a good team. That was not like some rinky-dink squad from, you know, out of no. I mean, that was a good school. Yeah, they didn't lose since January, you know, when that game was played. So, And and plus, it was in California, right? It's like a home game for them when we're traveling half, you know, halfway across the country. So, Well, in a sense, what you got to remember, too, though, Ryan, and I remember um, their head coach kind of laughing about that statement, was, you know, they were up in San Jose, you know, which is Northern California. UC Irvine is still way down South Cali, Southern California. So, you know, I guess that's kind of like saying that, like, oh, it's a K-State home game playing in St. Louis. Like, okay, maybe you're closer than – than what UC Irvine would have been, but it's still a long way from Manhattan. So I'm just saying, right? I, I mean, those are the things that I ponder. That, 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 like, hey, how different would things be now had Bruce maybe made another run in 2019? You know, in 2019, we'll never know. And you know, in the interest of full disclosure, my heart hurts for for Dean Wade. Mm-hmm. The fact that a guy who gave four years to this program. That I that I cover, I covered his last, you know, his last few seasons, but that he only got to play seven minutes total, one game, in those two years. I mean, come on, you you have, I mean, you you have to feel terrible for a kid yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's awful because, like I said, who just who knows who because and let's be honest, Ryan, he's a a phenomenal basketball player, but like he's always going to be remembered for K State. He's probably going to be a sixth man in the NBA at best his whole career. His his, his entire career is going to be remembered for what he did at K-State. Yeah. And, and you've got to think that as he gets older and when his playing career ends, he's going to think back on those two NCAA tournaments for the rest of his life and just think, what w- what could we have done if I hadn't been hurt? And how, how, how much that must stick with him. Mm-hmm. How much that will stick with him. I mean, it wasn't his fault. I mean, I was like, right, he didn't try to get hurt. It just happens. <laughs> but like, man, the fact that, that, that a guy who gave that much – was a great guy to talk to. Like I said, perfect representative of K-State's program, especially being a small-town Kansas kid, right? I mean, exactly what you want. No, And again, an under-the-radar recruit, right? I mean, you could be, like, he wasn't like he was <laughs> came here and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, Dean Wade. Like, I mean, he was a good player, but, like, I don't think anyone expected him to be an all-Big 12 performer, by the uh, all-Big 12 first team by the end of his career, right? I mean, so it's just one of those things where, you know, Ryan, those are sometimes things I think about in terms of, like, how different would uh, – you know, Dean Wade be remembered. Not that he's already not remembered as a great player, but if he'd been able to play mm-hmm. and have some great games in the play tournament those two years. And now how differently would Bruce be viewed if he'd been able to follow up the Elite Eight with a, maybe a Sweet 16? You know? Yeah. It, it's yeah. just it's things that you got to wonder, man, because it's just like it's that what if that we're never going to know. And honestly, Barry Brown might be, you know, the biggest beneficiary of that with, you know, with the game winner at Kentucky. He was really the leader, yep. uh, you know, during that stretch. So yep. uh, how does he get remembered if Dean Wade was fully healthy in the tournament? Yeah. So it's a, it's no, a good it's, point, it's man. No, it's just yeah. – it's, it's fascinating to think about, man. It, you know, Mike McGurl obviously is remembered as a hero against mm-hmm. Creighton. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Foster and, you know, K-State held Foster to his worst performance in all his entire career at, at Creighton. So it, uh, 
it was just a crazy, you know, it was a crazy run that one, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, K-State will always have that. And, and I guess, you know, man, I just, what I would just tell K-State fans, and I think, I mean, I know I've talked so long here, Ryan, I mean, I'm happy to answer anything else, but you get rid of Bruce. You do always have to ask, is the grass going to be green on the other side, right? With any, any incoming fire coach, do you think now the next coach is going to come in and win three big 12 titles? Is he going to go to two elite eights? Is he finally going to? Is the next coach finally going to be that man to take them back to the final four, somewhere they haven't been since 1964? You know, so so Ryan, it, it's a very, very, very difficult question you've got here in terms of getting rid of someone like Bruce. And again, I know some people are saying Ryan, you're an idiot. Me, meaning me, saying it's not difficult. <laughs> He's shown that he's not the right man for this program anymore. I mean it, Ryan, in the sense of okay, if you feel that way. Are you confident that whoever is next is going to be a major upgrade and improve upon what Bruce has done? Because, Ryan, here, here's the thing, right, is what, what K-State fans have to think about. Would you prefer to be, you know, more along the Frank Martin line of, you know, maybe – or a coach just roughly, Ryan, like you – know, let me use this example, where you're finishing fourth or fifth in the Big 12 every year and you're at least making it to the tournament, but you're going out in the first weekend – is that better than winning two Big 12 titles, going to Elite Eight, and then bottoming out for a year or two? What's better, Ryan? You know, it, yeah. it's a question yeah. you've got to ask yourself. I think your like bias said, of Bruce Weber kind of interferes whoever you're asking, but I agree, yeah. It's a good and, point to and, ask. And, you know, Ryan, the example I would use, because it's one that, that's out there, and, like, they are literally still out to sea and searching for it. You know, Tennessee football – you know, was one of the best programs in the 1990s, right there with Nebraska, right there with Florida State, right there with Florida. And, I mean, look at them since 2007. I mean, they've been through so many coaches. They still believe themselves to be one of the top-tier programs in the country, mm-hmm. even though records tell you that they're not. But it's because they got rid of Philip Fulmer, who at the time was still a very good coach. But, hey – they haven't been the same since. And, and who knows, maybe if Lane Tiffin had not been one and done there, maybe we wouldn't be having this discussion. But that's what happened. He left after one year to go to USC, which obviously, the, I mean, as great a program as Tennessee is, they're not Southern California. They're not Southern California. Because Southern California, you get to recruit to Southern California. You get to recruit to Hollywood. Yeah. You get to recruit to, hey, there's Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Hey, <laughs> there's Will Ferrell on the sidelines. Sorry. In Tennessee, you can say, hey, there's Smokey the Dog. Which is cool, and you can maybe say, "Hey, there's Peyton Manning," but you know, a little bit different than Will Ferrell or, or Snoop Dogg. So it's just Ryan. That's what I always try to tell people when they ask me my opinion of like, should should Coach X be fired? Because I'll give you another. I'll give you one more example because again, it's one that I know a lot about because I covered the University of Georgia when I was in college. You know, Mark Ritt left Georgia as the winningest head coach in school history in terms of winning percentage. I don't know if you knew that. Maybe you did. Maybe nope, you didn't. I did not. Better than Vince Dooley, who won the national championship in 1980. Better than Wally Butts, who also won a national championship, although that was split. And so there's more, you know, debate over. And that would have been back in the in 1942, uh, I believe, was the year. Now, most positive was. So anyway, but what happened, Ryan, is that you know, Rick would win almost 10 games every single year. Mm-hmm. 10 games year in and year out in the SEC. Very hard to do. Very, very, very hard to do. But usually one of those losses would be to a team that they should not have lost to. 
And then the other loss would be in like the biggest game of the season. Georgia would get pounded off the face of the earth by Alabama or Florida or whoever the big game is that year. And it got to the point where Georgia fans felt that Rick is a great, is a very good coach, but it doesn't seem like he's the guy who's going to get us over the hump to beat Alabama and to be there with, you know, LSU and the other schools. Like, like basically, you know, these, these, you know, Ryan in the SEC, you know, there's Alabama and there's LSU and there's Florida and there's uh, uh, Auburn in terms of those schools have all won national titles since uh, 2000, uh, well, 2008, I guess would have been the last one for Florida. So, I mean, you're talking about the last dozen years. And some of those schools obviously have won multiple titles mm-hmm. in that time. Because if you stretch it back farther, uh, obviously LSU has won three since 2003. Uh, Florida has won uh, – they won two, you know, 06 and 08 with Urban Meyer. And um, obviously Alabama's done what Alabama's done. And Georgia is right – oh, and then Auburn, of course, won the national title in 2010 – went undefeated in 04. Some people felt they got screwed out of a national title chance because they finished undefeated, but that was the year there were three undefeated teams. Southern Cal obliterated Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. Uh, and so, you know, they were the BCS champions, uh, was was USC, but there's people who feel like Auburn should have had a chance. And then the other year, in 2013, they made it all the way to the national title game and lost to Florida State and James Winston. And so the thing is, before uh, – but basically, Rick had done everything he could do at Georgia other than lead them to a national championship game, much less a national championship like the title. But, like, my, my thing is, okay, so you get rid of Rick, which they did, and, you know, the winningest coach in school history in terms of winning percentage, are you really sure the next guy you're going to bring in is going to be better? Yeah. I was skeptical because, yeah. yeah. hey, you know, look at how many of Saban's assistants, Nick Saban's assistants, like, they look great when they're with Nick Saban, but then they go take over their, their own program. It's like, huh. Well, wow, you know, that's a little bit hard to do what Nick Saban does. Huh. That's wild, right? Uh been hard to hard to replicate what Nick Saban's done. But Kirby Smart has come now the closest to replicating it because they are continually fighting Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson and LSU for the number one recruiting class in the country. It's because the state of Georgia is so incredible with football now that they're right there with Texas. Florida and California in terms of blue chip prospects. Mm-hmm. That was one other problem. I guess I should have mentioned toward the end of Rick's tenure, people basically it was an open door policy to say to Georgia, come in and take our best prospects because Georgia's not going to keep them. So they were going to Auburn. They were going to Alabama. They were going to Florida. They were going to Clemson, obviously Deshaun Watson right in Georgia's backyard, by the way, best high school athlete I've ever covered. Unbelievable. How good Deshaun Watson was Georgia. If they got on him, it was too late. Because Clemson showed him love from the beginning, and he said, I'm going to Clemson. Goodness gracious. Think about if Deshaun Watson had gone to Georgia. Mark Rick would still be at Georgia right now, I'll put it that way. No doubt in my mind. But, you know, they didn't recruit him. Not hard enough. And so that's the one thing that when Kirby Smart got there, he said, we're going to lock these borders down as as much as we can. Because you're not going to keep every guy in state. That's that's impossible for a state that size and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. the amount of, of, of talent there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, who's hurt, you know, you know who it's hurt, Ryan, it's hurt Auburn. You know, there's a reason Auburn has struggled recently and they got rid of Gus Malzahn is because they were used to being able to raid Georgia, specifically the Western part of that state, because, you know, Ryan, I'm not sure that you know anything about the state of Georgia geography, but it, West Georgia 
you are closer to Auburn driving there than it is to Athens, which is in northeast Georgia. Mm-hmm. So you can understand why kids are like, well, why would I not want to go to Auburn when it's a lot closer for my family to drive? It's a lot closer for me to drive home. So it's like Auburn has been hurt the most. And, and, and like I said, so now, as of right now, you know, uh, Smart already won an SEC title, played for the national title, almost won it. Devonta Smith, before he became Devonta Smith, won, you know, had the game-winning catch in overtime. But, you know, Smart now already has a better winning percentage than Rick did. Now, obviously, again, he hasn't been there as long. But I would say, Ryan, that, you know, now that we've been given the benefit of some time, you got to say Georgia did the right thing. As nice a man as Rick was and people loved that he was – he wore his Christian faith on his sleeve. And there was never a hint of NCAA issues or anything that Rick ever did that would bring shame upon Georgia's program. But college football is not Sunday school. You don't get judged on how many people, how many men you bring to Christ. You get judged on how many national titles you bring to the trophy case. Mm-hmm. And Rick did not do that. Kirby Smart has already gotten them a whole heck of a lot closer. And the way they continue recruiting, uh, you know, as long as he doesn't make another screw up, like letting Justin Fields leave <laughs> over Jake Fromm, you know, go figure there. Yeah, uh, they're going to win a national championship. They are going to win a national championship under under Kirby Smart. I don't know when. Maybe he's going to have to wait for Nick Saban to finally retire, I guess. Who knows? But what I'm saying is, Ryan, that long-winded explanation, which I hope people who <laughs> listen to this don't tune out because they're like, God, I wish he would shut up, is that that is one example of where, hey, they got rid of an ex- – an, I mean, Ryan, and I don't have the number right in front of me. I believe Rick won like 74% of his games. And again, in the SEC, that's – I mean, that's hard. Yeah, yeah. But like the fact that I think uh, Smart's now won like 78%, 77 78%. That's one of the few times you would say they somehow got rid of an ultra-successful coach and ha- actually got better. But, Ryan, that is the exception and not the rule, and that's why so many schools, be it you know Tennessee, Nebraska, a lot of these schools that once were these mighty, mighty, mighty – Michigan, these mighty, mighty, mighty powers in college football, they're trying to find their way back to the top, and it's hard. It's hard, and so I, I just – that's – that long-winded explanation about Mark Richt is why I bring up Bruce Weber. Is uh-huh. that, you know, I mean, my, my, my opinion would be, Ryan, and again, everyone's going to have their own take on this. Well, if you, fire, if you fire Bruce Weber and the next guy doesn't come in here and win three Big 12 titles and go to at least two Elite Eights and or a Final Four, then why did you get rid of Bruce? Here we go again. Start the cycle you know? over, yeah, yeah. So, Ryan, I'm going to end that with you as I just want to know <laughs> is – it is do you would you prefer to have what's happened with Bruce where you've won the two Big Twelve titles, Elite Eight, and had now two very bad seasons, or would you rather do finish fourth or fifth every year, never win a title, and go out in the first round of the Civil tournament every year? Yeah, that's something I said what, a what's lot. The on be, here. What's the better scenario for you? Well, yeah. it, you know, if you are a K State fan or donor or supporter, what would which of those two scenarios? Those are the two that you got, Ryan. Is not it's not like, okay, on the one hand, I'm saying the other one, you win the national title. It's taking what we know about Bruce, and then the 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 uh, the other hypothetical behind door number two is that you finish fourth <laughs> or fifth in the Big 12 every year. You're guaranteed to get to the, uh, the, the NCAA tournament, but you never win a Big 12 title. You never win a Big 12 tournament title, and you never make it out of the first weekend. What would you rather take? I see the other side to the argument, but for me, you know, the, the, the Big 12 titles and the Elite Eights outweigh however bad this season may have been and how bad the 2014-15 season may have been. So I'm with you. 
You know, I it, Ryan, I will, I will end it on this. <laughs> I'll end it on this. I don't think anybody, anybody in any sport, ever looks back and say, "Hey, man." <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and whether this is the players or this is the fans saying this, they don't ever say, "Hey, man." You remember that year we finished fourth or fifth in the Big 12? Wasn't that a great year? You're right. They say, hey, man, do you remember when we went to the Elite Eight? Hey, man, do you remember when we, when we won the Big 12? And, oh, by the way, we finally end the KU streak. Yeah, you're so, right. Something I Frank mean, Martin on, could never man. do. Those, I love Frank. Don't the, get me wrong. I love Frank, the, but he could never do yeah. that. And so the championships and the Elite Eight, I mean, I just feel like, you know, you just you just grin and bear it right now with, 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 with what's going on with, with Weber and say, this man has not forgotten how to coach. Right now is this a difficult time with the pandemic, and I just think if you just give this group time to gel, they're going to be really good. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that they'll be, you know, th- that big three of Dean, Cam, and Barry, but I think there's a lot, a lot, a lot of potential here, but especially, like I said, like I said, Pack, great leader, great shooter. Bradford already shows a lot of development for a big man, and like I said, I just think that, that Miguel – if he can get a consistent jump shot, oh my goodness! Yeah, oh my goodness! Athleticism's there for sure. He he's got the he's got the best first step of anybody that I've seen consistently. Because I can't you know I can't speak on like I mean Dotson last year for KU was great. I'm not, among players who I've covered at like a beat. The only guy I've seen is quick, and you'll, you may hopefully appreciate this reference. Uh, Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. that's how quick Miguel is with the ball in his hands. I have not seen anybody yet who's been able to stay in front of him. But he just, you know, Ryan, I think it's because we analytics, we've fallen in love with the three ball. He kind of just wants to do that. But, like, to me, man, you – like, no one can stay in front of you. Go to the rim. Yeah. You know, and so I think with that, that's kind of maybe going to be your big three, I think, is it would be Pack, Bradford, and Miguel. You know, and, and it just – Ryan is going to come down to now what, um, you know, what, what K-State boosters and, and the really heavy hitters, whether they – they're willing to see that kind of future uh, with Bruce Weber as a head coach because if not, I think you know I think Pack won't be part of that group. Uh, I, like I don't know as much about yeah, Miguel and, yeah. and and Bradford, but I I think if Bruce goes, you're you're sending you're sending Pack on his way too. So it's it's going to be a fascinating couple of months here covering this program. That's for sure, Ryan. Ryan Blackman, I appreciate you taking time with me. I just wish you would talk a little bit more, man. I just you were so <laughs> quiet. You were so quiet on <laughs> yeah. here. No, I've never. You're gonna be shocked here that I've never been told that in my life. So that's the first. <laughs> I got you, man. Well, I do appreciate you uh, coming on here and appreciate it again, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, no problem, Ryan. Thanks so much. Uh, I'm happy to come on again if you need me. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime for sure. Yeah. Uh, that was Ryan Black, of course, Manhattan Mercury. Go check them out and everything they do. If you haven't looked at the article, be sure to go check it out. It's up all over on his Twitter. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10 of 12 podcast. I'd appreciate that very much. You can stay up to date with everything going on around the league. But for that, I'm Ryan Gilbert. Thank you so much for spending time listening to this episode of the 10 of 12 podcast.